Go Loud presents Average Joe and the Pro. Off right here. This is Average Joe and the Pro. And we're underway. Hello and welcome to Average Joe and the Pro. I'm Gary and this is Connor. Connor, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. We have an action-packed show today. We've had our chat with Gavin Houlihan. He's a lovely, lovely chap. Great hair and he also likes basketball, so I love this guy. But we weren't talking about basketball, we were talking about his career and how he went from Hull City back to Ireland, played for clubs like Drogheda, Galway United... Cork City, had some mad scandal at Waterford, and then ended up at Hartlepool United, where he is now, and the fans love him so much, they have a chant about him. Um, so how did you find the chat with Gav? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? He was brilliant, brilliant guest. Yeah. He's had some some crazy highs and lows, though, hasn't he? Yeah. He actually touched on a story with his agent that we'll get to. Um, who's your agent? I don't have one. You don't have an agent? No, I use dad. What do you mean you use dad? Well, I, any questions that I have, I go back to him about... Like any... Do you pay him? No, I don't pay him. But he's your agent technically then, isn't he? No, I don't know. He's not my agent. Have like, you, okay, have you ever had a situation in your career where you went, okay, I need an agent now? Have you talked to any agents? Yeah, I have. I've talked to agencies, yeah. What is it like talking to agents? Well, they just want you to sign up because they want your money. For instance, in 2018, when I, when I hit 11 goals, right? Well done. Keep going on about it. Yeah. So I had, I had a good season in 2018. Um, and then you have people messaging on LinkedIn, Twitter, agencies messaging you saying... Sign on oh, me. Yeah, are you looking to go across the water? Are you looking to go to Australia, Canada, wherever it is? Would you get back to them? Oh, yeah, I'd be definitely listening to them, yeah, and like hearing what they those, have to say. Is this like one, a, one guy wanted me to meet him in London in a hotel. I'm like, I'm in Galway, like, any <laughs> any chance of a Zoom call? This reeks of those Instagram bots. No, 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 it's an agency that is actually... Um, has a load of uh, League of Ireland football, footballers currently on the uh, books. And he wa- they wanted you to co- go to London? Because they're based in London. Were they going to fly you out? Yeah, they, they were going to do all that stuff for me, like, you know. Wait, what do you mean with all that stuff? Like, they were going to say... Yeah, but, but like, they were going to... Book prob- you a trip. Book me the trip. Probably put me up in the hotel. Actually, no, it could have been a day trip even. We didn't even go into the nitty-gritty stuff uh, of um, it. Why did you say no? Yeah, because I had college and I had football. If you have an opportunity to get a free no, flight over to London... It's not free, though, Gary, because then they're looking for your money. Yeah, but you don't have to sign. No, but they're going to be... Just dip the toe in the water a little bit. Nah, see, I wasn't... I wanted to stay in the league. I didn't want to be... I didn't need an agent for League of Ireland clubs. And that's one thing that um, a lot of League of Ireland boys that we get on, we can discuss with. Because no one that is moving really club to club in the league would have one. There's no need for them. Everyone has your phone number. I think there is a need for them. Because Gav found himself in a situation where... Yeah, but Gav wanted to go to the UK. Okay, so yeah, we talk, we discussed that with, with Gav as well. We also discussed the time that both of you spent in Galway United... Uh, the season that Galway got relegated with an amazing squad. I tried to get an apology for the Galway United fans from both of you. You weren't having it. <laughs> it wasn't that we weren't having it. We've already... They, they flat out refused to apologise to Galway United no, fans. Oh, our, our, our club captain at the time did that for us. Yeah. So that's what they're there for. Exactly. So what was it like from your point of view, and I know we got Gavs, going down that season, you came from Athlone in July to Galway United and you still went down. Yeah. But I came... And went straight to Taiwan. Uh, Wait, with, what? Yeah. What do you mean you came st- and went straight to Taiwan? I tra- you wouldn't go to London to see an agent, <laughs> right? And get a free flight. But suddenly out of nowhere, you're going to Taiwan on a holiday, I presume. No, I was representing uh, the Irish University team. So we went over, we had a tournament, the World University Games in Taiwan. Yeah. Which was the month of August, basically gone in Taiwan. So while Galway and I were struggling in yeah. the Ireland, you but were over in Taiwan. Before I signed, before I signed with Galway, I had all this box ticked with the manager. Contract situations again. 
Exactly. So I had said to to Shane that if I'm signing, I'm going to be going to Taiwan in August. Okay. Have you any problem with that? And yeah. he said no. So it was kind of it was more when I was signing with Galway, I kind of wanted to to get the move to Galway done. It was me trying to force it. Yeah. Rather than the club wanting me and scouting me, if you get me and 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 pick me up from the books of that loan, I wanted to sign with Galway. One for the the team they had was insane like and they still got relegated uh, yeah like honest to god <laughs> we talk i talk about it now with the likes of Cullum and even gav there like how we got relegated they're top season. players top players and everyone that when we got relegated everyone that nearly started in that starting 11 moved to bigger teams yeah. and we touch on that like you know and and like we're not just talking bigger teams we're talking people that are challenging for titles like right okay less of the depressing relegation talk we're going to touch on that a little bit during the pod so we're going to get to Gav now, right? Here's Gav Houlihan, absolute legend. He's guest one on the pod. What a guy. This is Average Joe and the Pro. So Gav, how are you keeping? How are you getting on? All good, boys. All good, yeah. Um, yeah, crack, cracking on. How are you getting on? Flying it. Welcome to Average Joe on the Pro podcast. You're officially our first guest. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure, yeah. Honoured to be the first guest. And as our first guest, we have a series of questions to ask you. Um, a couple of the ones that we actually asked Connor in episode one. Um, when did you know you were going to be a pro footballer? I suppose from a pretty young age, Connor's probably the same. You kind of uh, you obviously start playing when you're maybe 11, 12. And you know, once you get into it and you get that, you get that love for it. Um, everyone has that dream of playing Premier League, playing for Man United and Liverpool and the likes of them. So, yeah, it was just from from an early age, you kind of knew that was something that I wanted to to pursue and, and, and get into. I was quite small, to be fair, like when I was younger. But no, I still I still had a lot better ability than, than most of the lads I was playing with. So, um, yeah, so I knew that then. How did you get picked up to go to, to Hull? Um, well, I was playing for my local team, Evergreen, in Kilkenny, um, which is probably, the, you know, the top top club in, in Kilkenny. Um, but the way it was, especially for all us country boys, um, I'm sure it was probably pretty similar in, in Galway. If you wanted, if you had any ambition to obviously get across the water, um going and playing in Dublin was the yeah. was was the was the probably the best idea um because there was like you, you know yourself there's so much exposure with scouts and stuff there so yeah. I um I ended up signing up for Cherry Orchard just came from there just obviously went on a few trials a few clubs and when I signed they just got promoted to the Premier League so it was like the atmosphere around the club everyone was absolutely buzzing it was a club on the up obviously there was a a lot of money pumped into the club at the time from from the new owners and stuff so yeah it was a club on the up and it was a exciting prospect to, to, to go join a, a club like that. And I think everyone knows Hull City from back then for being the Jimmy Bullard club, one of football's maddest men. What was Jimmy like to have around the dressing room? What was he like with the young lads? Like, was he a bit of crack? No, he was. He was a uh, great crack. Like, he was he was good with with the young lads. Um, he probably tried to lead us astray a few times, like getting us out on nights out and stuff. Like, um, Wait, hold on a second. You can't just yeah. say get us out on nights out. You have to give us at least one situation where Jimmy Bullard took you on a night out. I remember, at, <laughs> I remember at one stage uh, we met him um, just in a like a, a local kind of bar or something like that. Um, and uh, a strip club. We'd You're trying in. to say strip club here, aren't you? No, 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 no it actually wasn't a strip club. It wasn't a strip club. It's too early for that. It was only about seven, eight o'clock at this stage. Um, but we walked into the uh, walked into the pub, 
And I don't know why, for, for some reason, he must have had like probably 50 quid in just pure coins for, for no reason whatsoever. No <laughs> idea why. And he's seen us walk in and he's just like, all right, fellas, all right, fellas, get yourself a drink. And he just threw all the coins at us no like that. So we were like ducking. We were like, what are you doing? Like, he's just, that was just him. He's just tapped in the head. Average Joe and the pro. So after you get released from Holgav, have you options to stay around the UK or was it your intention to come? and see what the League of Ireland was about? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I kind of had, had a bit of interest from a few clubs over there, kind of lower leagues and stuff. Um, but no guarantee I was going to play. And I, I don't know, I just felt like at the time, I, I had no kind of first-name exposure whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just decided, obviously, to, to come back home, knowing what the league was like. Obviously, spoke to plenty of players who had played in the league and obviously, like, explained how tough of a league it was. It was a man's league. Um yeah, and it just seemed like the perfect fit to, to come home and get and get that first-name experience. And how tough was it adjusting from, let's say, going from a Premier League uh, training regime and all these top, top players to coming back and every now and then coming across a lad who just wants to hoof you up into the air? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had plenty of that. Obviously, I, when I first went home, I signed for Drottle United um, and we were obviously only part-time there. So we trained Tuesday nights, Thursday nights and I was obviously driving up and down from Kilkenny, like, but... Um, in a, in a car school with a few a few of the lads, um, Peter Hines, Alan McNally, like seasoned like League of Ireland pros um, who just had like story after story to tell me. So yeah, it was a bit of a learning experience straight away when I when I got involved with them. And did you have a welcome to the league moment? Let's say like Connor's one was he made his debut in a kind of a different way than anyone else ever did. Did you have a moment you're like, right, I'm here now? I think I remember early on, um, I think we, we ended up getting beat I think it was 7-0 by Dundalk, who were like just starting to come into their peak at the time, who were really, really good. And obviously, with it being a, a local derby as well, um, that was just, yeah, that just completely opened my eyes. Because I suppose, in a way, like coming back from the UK, I suppose every play, player would kind of, it's almost like swallowing your pride that you have to kind of take a step. They see it as a step back, but it, it ends up not being a step back. And you only, you only realise that when you come back into the league, um, the quality that's in the league. Um, and then, yeah, that night I actually realised, yeah, this is a proper standard here. Like, and I need to get used to it because I was absolutely miles off the pace. You then move around and you end up at Galway United with Connor. Now, Connor, at the time, he came in late, and the season itself went from looking okay, very good squad, to ending up being an, like a shambles, really. Yeah, mm. a shambles. Well, I'm allowed I, to say that because you guys are my friends now. Okay. <laughs> Like I, I, I only came in I only came in, in July. So I was at that loan and then I came in in July and I was I was coming into a, a very, very good squad. I remember in the off season it was just obviously Shane Keegan was like speaking to quite a few players. And then it was just like he'd sign really good players like Ronan Murray, David Cawley, the likes of them. And I like I was obviously kind of had an interest in other clubs and I just thought God we're signing some really decent, like experienced like League of Ireland players and obviously Ronan had been across at Ipswich and that and had a good career across in the UK. So um, I was like, like Galway, big club, like kind of like a sleeping giant as well. So it was like something that I wanted to to get involved in straight away. And to be fair, like, like you look at our squad, like that's the it always it always stings with me that one that that, that we ended up obviously being relegated because that squad should never have been relegated. I think it was just the start we had. Like we had an unbelievable squad, but I don't think we won inside the first ten games, which yeah. killed us. We were playing catch up then after that. Um, but anyone I meet, anyone I speak to, all, like uh, who knows the League of Ireland, always says it's the best team to get relegated from the league ever. 
But I think uh, that yeah. that season as well was the season where three got relegated, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which so, didn't help. Yeah, which didn't help. Do you know? And 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 no. we, now it's now it's one is automatically relegated, and the second last goes into a playoff. Yeah. So I think that season was you were, we were kind of a bit unlucky there as well. But you go through the team like, and every one every one of the team that was nearly starting eleven moved on mm. the following year and are doing bits now. Well, like you know, yeah. St- Stevie went to Dundalk. Uh, Steve yeah. Fallon went to Dundalk. There was um, Dave Cawley went to Sligo. Gav went to Waterford. Will Murray mm. went to Dundalk. Dundalk as well, yeah. You know, so we had like they were top top teams signing our players. Like, mm. uh, like all uh, all the draws we picked up, you know, nil nils, one ones, two twos, all them where they could have it could have been a flip of a coin where we get the we get the win, you know, instead. Yeah. And like as you said, Gav said it took us ten games to get our first win, which you're yeah. re- you're really the back foot there straight away, like. Now, I've said this to Connor, and he didn't know how either of you would take it. Is this the time now, mm-hmm. Connor, where you guys just apologize to all the Galway United fans out there? <laughs> <laughs> we oh, get God. I, th- I think they probably know how sorry we were like at the yeah. time. This is Average Joe and the Pro. You went on to Waterford, and things got a little bit crazy there as well, didn't they? Yeah, it was like Waterford was an unbelievable season, really. Again, like we had a ridiculous squad um, and probably overachieved massively I think we kind of came out of nowhere like kind of like dark horses kind of um yeah we were great squad and there was just obviously some stuff off the pitch that was going on that um on the pitch we were obviously taking care of the business like but off the pitch there was obviously there was always always stuff going on so yeah it ended up being a bit of a bit of a shambles yeah uh, you ended up mm. in fourth place which is enough to play Europa League the following season all you have to do was go into the yeah. qualifiers like every team does St. Pat's finished a point behind you so you were thinking, okay, we're going into Europe, we're getting our European bonuses, everything's going well. <coughs> then I actually have the statement that the FAI made that's from from UEFA. They said, FAI this evening confirmed has received notification from UEFA's licensing department that Waterford FC's exception request has been rejected on non-fulfillment of the three-year rule. This three-year rule thing that, that they had that meant that you couldn't play European football because the club hadn't been established for three years. Yes, obviously, because the, the club was obviously formerly known as Waterford United. That's ridiculous. It was, yeah, it was. Oh, it was. It was a joke. It was absolutely a joke. And and to be, to be honest, like that's again, that's probably one of the stuff that always like like stings with me because we worked so hard in that season, like um, and like I said, we kind of come from nowhere. Like the club had literally just got promoted back into the Premier Division. Like so, to go from just getting promoted back in the Premier Division to achieving European football, like and. Obviously, the the massive fan base down there, the, 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 you know, the club had been some been through some dark times. Like so, to be able to bring European football back was special for all of us to be part of that, and then for it to be taken away over a technicality was pretty pretty devastating. Yeah, I also heard that the club that finished behind you were the ones that sent in the request to UEFA to have a look and see were mm. you guys legit. Can you confirm or deny this? Those were the rumors. I. Look, I'm not going to confirm our deny, but those were the rumors. But don't yeah. worry, I can edit it and Real make it seem like you are confirming it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely them, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that must have been heartbreaking, especially knowing like, because obviously in in any work or job or whatever you're doing, there's always there's always a snaky moment that someone might shaft you or whatever like that, and that must have been even more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Even just hearing those rumors because you did it fair and square. Yeah, yeah, true. True, but I suppose look, you got to look from another club's point of view in the League of Ireland, especially it's doggy dog. Yeah. 
it, it literally is. It's just survival of the fittest, and you got to do what you got to do, and 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 that's obviously the way it kind of unfolded for them. Well, they didn't win the Europa League that year anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, uh, then obviously, Gav, like your bonuses and that, you obviously would have had European bonuses oh, that yeah. that you would have. Mm got into your con or whatever you would have discussed as a team and, yeah. and went to went to the board with your with your bonuses but would that have them done at the start of the year or would you have done that based on results throughout the campaign no it was done it was done at the start of the year um so again that's that's kind of why it yeah. got a bit messy because we had obviously we'd qualified so we were due obviously european bonuses which was massive for players who were essentially going to be unemployed for the off season or do you know what i mean so that mm. would have been massive um, and then, yeah, it was just obviously all the stuff that was going on and yeah, just ne- never got paid. The lads were like, well, look, regardless of what's going on with this three-year rule or, or, or whatever comes of it, because I, I don't think a final decision had been made yet. Um, but we were like, in the meantime, we've done the business for the club. We should, we should be looked after in some way. Yeah. So I think, yeah, a lot of us just felt a bit, a bit kind of a uh, bit hard done by with that. Average Joe. And the pro. So after all that happened at Galway and Waterford Gap, when did you decide that it was time to move on? When I first moved back to Ireland, obviously my partner had moved back with me. She, she was originally from Hull. Um, so yeah, it was always in the back of our mind that we'd we'd eventually move back over to the UK um, and obviously settle down, make roots over there. If, obviously, if the right offer from, from a club over there came about. Um, and yeah, there was a bit of interest, obviously, after having a decent season at Waterford. So just went over and obviously trained with a few clubs and, and that's obviously how the, the Hartlepool uh, thing kind of landed. The Hartlepool thing has kind of gone from strength to strength, hasn't it? So when you joined the club, they were in the conference. Panorama, is it? Panorama? Panorama? Vanorama. 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 Panorama. Panorama. <laughs> it's what literally, the fuck literally is a panorama? Band, basically. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, so you're Panorama, yeah, yeah. you get promoted. Is that, a hot, is that one of the highlights of your career, getting promoted with Hartlepool? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, it's, 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 the, the highlight of my career so far. Um, yeah, ju- I, I think I think everyone would want to get promoted that way. It's, I suppose, if at the start of the season, if you could guarantee that you'd you'd go through the playoffs, everyone would take that option. It's just obviously the unknown of, of, of what's going to happen in the playoffs and the stress of it all. But to actually manage to do it on the day with that pressure and everything, um, yeah, that was pretty special. Like, Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, Hartlepool went up through the playoffs, are currently in League 2. And... Jeff Stelling, the Sky Sports legend, is mm. a huge part of the club. Uh, is he part owner? He has got some shares in shares. the club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when the club the, the club kind of fell into a bit of financial difficulty there, I don't know about five six years ago, um, and the owner now Raj Singh um, and Jeff obviously put their money together and, and obviously helped actually save the club. Um, but obviously, yes, Jeff is obviously hardly pool born and bred, so. Um, yeah, the club's pretty special to him, so he's a he's a massive supporter of us. Ah, sure. Look, Jeff's an absolute legend. Uh, but come here, the jump from Conference League to League Two. What was the quality like? What was that jump like? Yeah, yeah. There was obviously there was obviously a jump. Like what the way I would kind of describe it is, you know, the 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 top teams in the national league, the likes of, you know, your Stockport, Notts Counties. Um, Wrexham's like they're massive clubs who who have been in the football league previously. Um, basically, playing in League Two is like playing them every week. If you get me, there's no there's no kind of like shit games. There's no bad games. There's no bad bad clubs, bad stadiums or whatever. Like so, you'd go from 
God, we played Notts County last year and you could have maybe 10,000 at the game. And then we go to Wheelstone Raiders and there could be, obviously with COVID last year, obviously there wasn't. Um, but the previous year, like we would have played Notts County and then playing the likes of them, you could have 1,200 people there, max like. Gav, the salary cap, is that still mm-hmm. in the two? Or is, because um, there was... Because I remember during COVID when there was boys dropping out from League 2 down to the conference because they were getting paid more yeah. in the conference than League yeah, 2. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that's basically what was happening. Yeah, they, they brought in, obviously, with COVID and everything that was going on, they brought in a, a salary cap. Um, it's not in now. I think I think it's they've scrapped it now. Um, but, yeah, at the time, yeah, there was just players dropping down to our league who were earning like absolutely ridiculous money like yeah because i think like even league one i think it was league one and league two that they were they were dropping down to dropping down two three divisions to get paid better to get paid yeah. better yeah yeah pretty much yeah they're just obviously following the money where they could obviously yeah. coming towards <laughs> the, the time end, it was coming towards the end pretty un- unpredictable well. time yeah 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 exactly coming towards the end of their career and obviously trying to get their last kind of pay there it's it's going very well for you at Hartlepool at the moment. So well that you're the first person I've ever talked to that has a chant about them. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. what I was going to do is I was going to sing you the chant, and I'm not going to do that because that's embarrassing for me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to quote me the words of the chant. And if you can get them, fair play to you. Because it's a very good song. It's very catchy, yeah. And you're going to be... Annoyingly catchy. You're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> you're going to be embarrassed singing it about yourself. But can you give it a go? We've got an Irish midfielder. His name is Gavin Houlihan, and when he's in the blue, we'll sing the song for you. Houlihan's a pooly through and through. Yeah, <laughs> unreal. That's a class song, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, just, hear- it, li- it lives rent free in everybody's head. I love it. Did everybody. you ever hear the the song that um, Athlone Town sang about Connor? <laughs> Go on. It's very. Do you remember they used to sing this every week? No. <laughs> he's got tiny legs. He's got tiny legs. <laughs> Connor Barry. He's got tiny legs. Hey, and that's not all. That's not all. That's all I said. <laughs> Average Joe and the pro. So what we're going to do now? So we have a couple of questions for you. That came in on our Instagram story at Average Joe and the Pro, so you can answer as fast as you want. You can skip. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, yeah. Poor Quinn says uh, most ruthless act you've ever seen a manager carry out. Ruthless acts, God. Yeah, you've seen like you've seen you've seen players like obviously get subbed on and then get subbed off after like five ten minutes. I've seen that a couple of times. I'm sitting and beside one of those guys right now. When was I subbed on and subbed off? <laughs> you were never subbed on. That was the problem. <laughs> Um, oh, cracker. Uh, Richie Walsh, 24, says, how was your trip to Old Trafford last week? I presume you're a Manchester United fan. Yeah, I am, <laughs> unfortunately. And we're too, we're painful. Too, we're two Liverpool fans as well, so that's that's been made better by us there as it well. Was, it was quite enjoyable. All right, sorry, lads, i got to go now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was painful, proper painful. It was a good day out, but Jesus. How was, it, how was it a good day out, Gav? You got whacked 5 now. Oh, yeah, man. I know, but being in Old Trafford's always, always yeah, special. True, but yeah, true. Yeah, the score, man. Jeez, oh. it was honestly, it was surreal. It was like everyone was just looking around. You literally had like seventy thousand people just looking at each other, going, "What is going on here?" It was just like it just kept going from bad to worse. Like, are you are you an Ollie in or Ollie out fan? Um, I'm an reluctantly. I'm an Ollie out. I, I, I'm not shouting them out. I, I'm not shouting them out, but. 
I'd like him to go because he's such a club legend. I'd, I'd like him to go before his reputation's like tarnished. To get us to that next level, I think we need somebody better. Like, don't worry, Gav. When we have Ollie on the pod, we'll let him know you said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, this is from Davy Gordon, eighty-four. Do you know Davy Gordon? Oh, that's my agent. Yeah. Here we go. He says, "Is it true he once wore a king-size bedsheet as a shirt <laughs> for a night out in Crawley?" Oh God, he's an idiot, man. Um, <laughs> explain. You have to explain this idiot. story. Explain this story. What's this about? Oh it? God. I basically, uh, when I went back over, I was uh, I was just about to sign for Halifax Town. Just from Waterford, like over, yeah, from Waterford, yeah. Just because I I didn't originally go straight to Hartlepool, um, and I needed to I needed to get in somewhere there. So I was going to sign for Halifax Town just for like a month, two months, just to kind of get some games under my belt or whatever. Um, and I signed basically, kind of like there were like amateur forms, like so it was like a pay as you play kind of thing. Um, and travelled down to London with them. Uh, I think they were playing, I think it was Barnet the next day, I think they were playing. was obviously meant to be in the squad. And then the club secretary rang me on the way down and was like, look, um, there's been an issue. Obviously, because you were a pro in Ireland, there's rules, obviously, that you can't sign non-contract forms over here. So basically, like, we we, we can't do anything. We can't touch it, basically. And this is as I'm travelling down with the squad, like, to play the game the next day. So I got there. The manager obviously pulled me into um, one of the rooms and was just like, look, really sorry, but we're going to have to just like part ways, basically. Oh, my God. So, look, yeah. So, luckily, my agent, obviously, he lives in London. He's originally from Hartlepool, um, but he lives in London. And I just rang him up and was like, told him the story. I was like, it's an absolute shit show, this. Um, and he was like, right, we'll get on a train, get to mine, and we'll go out and we'll get absolutely steaming. So, um, <laughs> went that's to his- the agent you want, in fairness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, went to his, uh, got the train to his or whatever. Um, but obviously, I had no, I had no gear with me, I had no clobber with me whatsoever. So, literally, got to his, and to say he's he's round inside <laughs> would be an understatement. He's not a pro footballer. Yeah, so, so exactly, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit slimmer than he would be. So I was like, I, I've no gear to go out. It's like he's like, all right, I might have something for you. And he literally gave me like, you know what I was like? We always take the piss. Have you ever seen the film Big? Oh, Tom Hanks, of course. Tom Hanks, yeah. So you know when the, when he walk right at the end when he's walking to his door and he shrinks back down to the kid yeah, and he's got yeah. the big baggy suit on him. That was him. He, he he always sends me that gift. Like he goes, "This was you on that night out." He literally gave me. Oh, it was like double XL kind of like t-shirt and everything. It was oh, it was horrendous, oh, absolutely man. horrendous. Brilliant, amazing. I love. Thank you. Big shout out to Davy Gordon eighty four for that question. That was brilliant. Uh, the next question is. Uh, the club you've played with, with the best away fans, so the best traveling fans. Um, what back in the League of Ireland? You mean? Do you know what I? I, I assume <coughs> it's, it's going to be Hartlepool because they have that song. So we actually will go with League of Ireland clubs for this one. Oh God, I'd have to say Cork. Cork, yeah. a massive following. That's we haven't even asked them about Cork. How was Cork? <laughs> no. What, what, what I'm going to ask is, how would you find playing under John Caulfield? John was brilliant to be, to be fair like he was like what he'd done for the club and stuff um, yeah he was just he was a mixed bag sometimes you, you never knew what you were going to get from sometimes sometimes he was having you sometimes he wasn't um, but no I always I always respected John massively and, and got on with him pretty decently even when I wasn't playing like which I felt I should have been playing a lot more but like at Cork the competition for places was 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 massive especially in the midfield like we had like Garrod Morrissey 
Gary Buckley, Liam Miller, Colin Healy. So like I was competing with them. So it was yeah. it was difficult in a way. I'm sure if he could have fit me in majority of the time he would have done but um it was just obviously the competition was 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 pretty fierce most managers do this because attackers if you're looking to change a game attackers are going to be the ones to get changed but then it's not nice when you're majority of the time coming off at 60 minutes he wants um a, f- a funny story with john like like i said complete respect for john and like appreciate everything he done he obviously gave me the opportunity of playing for a massive club like cork so i'll, I'll, I'll always like be fond of him for that but um i think it was before we played Shamrock Rovers FAI Cup semi-final I played the week before done really well I think I might have even scored the week before and I was kind of in the shape leading up to the game and uh, like the whole week leading up to the game and he it was up in Tala and we were in the hotel having a pre-match and he's pulled me and gone um, I'm not going to play you today and I went like why and he was just like it's a bit windy and I was like I was like I was like what I said, like he said, it's a bit windy out there. It's just, it's not the game for you. He said, because it was, it was blowing a gale or whatever, and it was pissing rain or whatever. Oh, what do you think like, you're going to be blown away? <laughs> That's what I said to him. I was like, John, I know I'm, I'm fairly slight and skinny, like, but I ain't that skinny that I'm going to blow away or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I, I, I couldn't but laugh. And then I went back into the room, and all the boys were like, "What did he say to you?" And I told all the boys, and they were just cracking up. Yeah, the boys up. are loving it. it. I'd say. <laughs> Literally could not believe it. Yeah, so that was probably one of my uh, one of my funniest moments with John. Yeah. So because of a gust of wind, he was thinking you're not the player for the job. Yeah, I just think he thought it was going to be one of those real kind of scrappy games. Which, which to be fair, I kind of annoyed me because Connor will probably tell you. Like, obviously, I'd fancy myself good ability wise and that, but I know how to kind of dig in and do you know what I mean? I'm I'm not one of them kind of like who's a soft touch or whatever. So. Um, yeah, that was a bit that kind of annoyed me. I could have more than handled that. I played in worse conditions than that and <laughs> yeah, played yeah. in worse games than that. So I think it was probably just an excuse. Maybe he wanted, obviously, to play with somebody else. Maybe, I don't know. Do you remember if they won the game that day? We did win the game. Yeah, we won so the game. Yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. You know what? Brilliant. He obviously, he knew did, that yeah. you were afraid of the wind. He's and justified he, it, really. He's there. justified it, Don. The yeah. chap's a genius. Average Joe and the pro. If you don't want me asking, the moment you were released from Hull, how did that happen? Like, who told you? How did it happen? Could you see it coming? Was it a surprise? Um, I wouldn't have seen it coming, say, probably six months prior. Obviously, I'd, I'd been in and around a lot of the squads on the bench quite a few times with Nigel Pearson. Um, he eventually went back to Leicester. He eventually took the Leicester job again because he was at Leicester previously, came to Hull and then went back to Leicester again. So once he left, then I kind of got suspicion then that I kind of I might not get as many opportunities to maybe kind of make that breakthrough. Um, so I kind of did see it, yeah, coming towards the end. Yeah. There's so much luck oh, yeah. in football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Nigel, Nigel Pearson stays, you're potentially playing, making appearances like, you know? Yeah, 100%, yeah. No, like he, he obviously liked me, obviously rated me, would have me around around the squad a lot. So, um, yeah, you never know. It's obviously, it's... I, I actually it's have hard, a question. Hard to know question for you Gav who is um who was your favorite manager you worked under out of everyone I would have to say so to be fair I dropped a um Darius Kiernan's took over uh halfway through the season absolutely loved working with him because I I, again I didn't really play much the first half of the season I dropped it because I'd just come back struggling to break into the team and then after that he just kind of gave me my opportunity and just said just just go play like just go express yourself and obviously that's how I ended up getting my move to Cork 
Um, I'd also say Alan Reynolds at Waterford is brilliant. Like probably the best man and manager that I've I've yeah, had I've like by a million miles. I've heard that. All right. I to mean, counteract that, yeah. to counteract that question, then who's the worst manager? Oh gosh. Uh, to be fair, right? Worst manager doesn't have to have to be because he's he a ma- a, bad he, at his job. Yeah. Just one maybe that didn't work out for you. Yeah, Connor, I'll tell you this. Football's a game of opinions. Some some opinions are going to be different. Um, some some managers will will have you, some won't. Um, but like I said, like at the clubs that obviously it didn't work out like as as well as I would have hoped. Probably Cork, obviously, would be the obvious one. Um, you can't you can't you can't deny what 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 John did for for Cork um, and bringing the good times back for Cork and was obviously. Brilliant for for the rest of the lads and brilliant for me as well. He obviously, like I said, he brought me to a, a massive club like Cork and made unbelievable experiences, like massive, like big nights at the at the cross, like six seven thousand, like great atmospheres, European nights, European trips. Um, so yeah, I'll always look back Cup. like on, on that FAI Cup exactly. Yeah, if the FAI Cup like was, yeah, that was a special day as well. I, I'm even forgetting about that. Like, um, that, yeah, that was a pretty special day as well. So even even the managers, it doesn't really work out like. Like how you would have wanted to, you still have massive respect from that. Of course, yeah. Uh, Gav, just before you go, one last question. If you were to tell 18-year-old Gavin Houlihan Anthem, what would you tell him? Probably don't, don't don't be so don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so intense. Like I was especially when I was younger, I probably was I'm a worse critic now, but it's to, like not to the degree I was when I was younger. I used to take things too badly, take a bad performance too badly. Um and then that would all like filter in then to more bad performances after that. Um, and I was overthinking everything, overanalyzing everything. But yeah, I'd, I'd say just relax and then just enjoy the fact that you're playing professional football for a living, which not many people can say. Gav, I think we're going to leave it there. It's a great way to leave it. Thank you so much. You've been a pleasure. You're our first guest and you've set the bar incredibly high. Top man. Cheers, boys. Top See man. you later. Average Joe. And the pro. So that was our chat with Gavin Houlihan. He's currently applying his trade in League Two with Hartlepool United. And since recording that podcast, they've been absolutely flying it drawn in the next round of the FA Cup against Shrewsbury. So I'm sure he's looking forward to that. And he's bagged a few goals since. So best of luck to Gav uh, for the rest of the season and, of course, with the rest of his career. Connor, how did you find the chat with Gav? Yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, very insightful. Some brilliant, brilliant stories he went through mm-hmm. with his agent and. Um, obviously the Jimmy Bullard one but uh, yeah spilled the beans wasn't afraid to hold back um, exactly what we're looking for going forward and yeah it's just going to say our first guest on the podcast is always a very important one and that's exactly what we're after anyone who, who enjoyed that episode that there's more to come of that kind of guest and that kind of talking and any of the guests that are coming on who've listened to that that's what we want. We, we don't care about fixtures. We don't care about form. We just want the chats. We want it easy going. And Gav was a perfect example of that. And, you know, thank, thanks to Gav for coming on. Absolutely amazing. He actually mentioned um, a mad night out, like you just said there, with Jimmy Bullard. Now, he, he had gone on in a couple of different stories as well. There's a few brilliant ones in there, uh, which we'll have in our best of show at the end of season one. But have you been on any nights out? Now, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. Have you been on any nights out that have just gone a little bit mad or had any crazy stories? Team nights out. Team nights out, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got, I, I, as a man who's been on a few nights out with you, <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm not allowed to say them in your pod because uh, mom and dad listen, so I'm not going to say them. But on team nights out, the ones you're kind of able to shaft other people, not me, then you can you can mention them if you want. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there's a couple. There's a couple that come to mind straight away. Probably also a couple that I sh- wouldn't That's fine. be saying on a podcast. Um, 
but one in particular was uh, 20, 2014, we got promoted um, to the Premier Division with Go United, and we all went on a night out, um, everything was organised, bar, nightclub, and whatnot, uh, we went back, after the nightclub, we went back to one of the lads' house, Timmy Byrne, which you know. Yeah, Timmy, you're um, actually going to hopefully get on a future pod as well, yeah. so he can confirm or deny the story, yeah. depending <laughs> on which way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so went back to Timmy's after nightclub, had a few drinks, um, and then a few of us kind of hit the hit the hay and woke up the next day. Then uh, for a, a Paddy Burn special, so far very very tame night. Yeah, sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets good though. Uh, we wake up um, all set for breakfast, and Cormac Raftree, um, center half, <laughs> brilliant character, crackers with a few drinks in as well. But anyway, he comes down, <laughs> he comes down and uh, oh, we all start bursting our holes laughing. And Raph is like, what are you doing? What's wrong? Like, and like Raph, what has happened to your eyebrow? <laughs> Raph Gone. runs to the mirror, one eyebrow on Gone. him. Gone. Gone. <laughs> right? So then we're like, you know, it's all like, as you said, Cluedo. Like, who, who's done that? Like, yeah. and we nearly get to stage to, are we thinking that Raph's done it himself? Would Raph be the type to do ah, it himself? Ah, he's crackers. <laughs> so you, so, so, well, Raph is obviously, he's doubting himself a little bit as well. Yeah. So you put the doubt in your, his mind as well. You're kind of going, well, Raph, 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 it could have been you, but he's kind of going, yeah, I'm not ruling myself out here. Yeah, because the thing is like, no one else, everyone else had their eyebrows. So no one else got No one else got it. And it, and people, I was asleep like. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. so I was an easy target for someone. Yeah. So, you know, that it, it was, it was, it was strange. And then, you know what he gets out then? A little Sharpie. No, he doesn't. He does. He, he definitely does it himself then. If the man has a Sharpie at hand, he was, he was, he, do you know, most people put the keys in the wallet and the phone in the pocket. The chap puts a Sharpie in just in case he gets rid of one of the eyebrows on a night out again. Just don't worry about it, lads. I have a Sharpie. He didn't put a Sharpie on his eyebrow. No, he did. He did. And the worst thing is he's kind of fair haired as well. Yeah. So it's a black Sharpie. He oh doesn't have black eyebrows. So he looked worse. There, there is a marketing scheme there for Sharpie to do fair Fair, fairer colour Sharpie Oh, markers. but he's a brilliant lad, honestly. <laughs> brilliant. Amazing. So that's more kind of a after a night out thing, and that's a good story. If we ever get him on, hopefully he comes on with two eyebrows, not the one. <laughs> that is a big fear, though, definitely on a night out, especially when you're in with a group of lads after yeah. a big celebration that eyebrows or facial hair or head hair, head hair. is going to go. Yeah, and yeah, it's not, it, it is, it's a big one. Yeah. So from that mad night out to the Jimmy Buller one that you just heard, an absolute pleasure talking to Gav. Um, what we can do if we stay in touch with him and in 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 later in later um, seasons or whatever, we can ca- catch catch up with him again and see how his uh, career is going. Um, but yeah, that was our chat with Gav. Really enjoyed it, and we're going to be back with our next episode, which is actually already out right now. Um, Michal Schlingerman episode three, and if you haven't listened to episode one yet. It's uh, with Connor here, and he goes through some of the some of the some of the stories in his career so far. A couple of the sob stories as well that I had to cut out because the world's smallest violin was taken out a few times. But he's had a good career so far. He's had a good career so far. In fairness, there was a few tears, a few tears. But anyway, if you enjoyed uh, episode two of our podcast, all you have to do is like and subscribe. We'd appreciate if you did that. Leave us a review. If it's a good review, we'll shoot up the charts and you get to listen to loads more and maybe we'll make loads of money out of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, do do all those normal podcasty things that people always ask you to do. You know, you're not stupid. Do, do, do those things. Goodbye. The crowd are on their feet. Average Joe and the pro. It's all over. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to the show and tell your friends to check it out too. And if you fancy leaving a review, it'll help other average Joes and potential pros find our series.